0: Uh, hello, welcome to From the Rookery End, uh, it's Saturday the uh, 5th of March, uh, we've just come out of Rickard Road, Watford nil. Leicester, top, oh no, top of the league Leicester, well, 1, um, that makes it sound a little bit better, uh, thank you for listening From the Rookery End, uh, remember do subscribe, uh, especially if you're on iTunes, or if you've got an iPhone, uh, make sure you subscribe to get all the episodes sent to you straight away, um, my name's John, uh, with me today is Jason, hello there, uh, and Geordie, <laughs> yes? cold, isn't it? Uh, we are lifelong Watford fans. This Dick Holder, the End, and from the Rookery End is our take on life of the Watford fans. So let's, let's get our take on, on this game against Leicester. After the Man United game, we discussed, Jason, about how two different sides, Kikad, put out against Bournemouth and Manchester United. What kind of side did he put out? What, what, what was the approach you think he had today?
1: The approach was very different, I think, to the game at Man United. The game at Man United, we, we pressed them, we did to Man United what Bournemouth did to us last Saturday. Today, it looks like we tried to match up uh, Leicester. Leicester have been playing 4-4-2 all season to very good effect. We've matched that formation with very different players, I feel. We were playing with a winger today in Amrabat. He got man of the match, didn't he, yeah, yeah. today? But the way we played, and particularly what I want to talk about is our is our wide play. Um, and if you look at, and again, sort of looking at the way Bournemouth play when they played wide last week and the way Leicester play when they play wide we seem to approach it very differently. They get men close to the ball to support their wide. Whenever they get it wide they look to overload those areas probably knowing that we like to play quite narrow. Whereas when we got the ball, we were giving it to Amrabat and there was no one really there to support him and he was sort of left to do it all on his own. And what we found out quite a lot was that he'd beat his first man and then they'd have their second man closing down anticipating that and he'd end up losing the ball. And for all the runs he was making and, and what he was doing well with the ball, we then didn't get a final ball into the box on every occasion because he was losing the ball because he had no support with him Oop. Neon was taking way too long I think to get up and support him and there was no one coming across from the central areas to support him either really um, which is strange because when we were defending against the likes of, of Mares and, and Albrighton, we were doing that we were getting men over, overloading out wide to try and stop them attacking us
0: So who who how how can we can we
2: are are the the squad members to be able to give that support, Geordie, Do you think? Uh, Probably not. I think we stock stockpiled central midfielders earlier (laughs) in the season, and and I think we need to be careful what we wish for. When when the season was planned and when we kind of bought our did our recruitment and bought our players, the plan was not to get relegated, and so to keep it tight. Goals don't come in from the corners. The goals both goals are in the middle of the pitch or in the middle of the you know behind the centre you know, you know what I'm trying to get yeah, at okay, they're yeah, in okay. the six yard box <laughs> uh, so so we've kept it tight in the middle and it's and it's served us well now that we have kind of we're safe and we're looking to see how well we can do where we do lack like, as Jason said is a bit of pace and a bit of width and so putting uh, Abdi or Kapu on the wing or Paredes or whatever isn't going to get you what you want the only way I can see us possibly doing it uh, is if we use Holobas as a left winger and Amrabat as a right winger but that, that's about it. I think the rest of our players are, are more central and, you know, wingers are for the 16-17 season. You yeah, know,
0: we, we got a, a tweet from uh, Graham Payne. Uh, thanks for uh, tweeting us, Graham. If you, uh, anyone else is on to tweet us with their thoughts on what we should and shouldn't be talking about on the podcast, uh, do uh, give us a shout on Twitter, at For Podcast. Uh, actually, can't believe you guys have not mentioned the formation change. Uh, uh, Kapu, Watson, Barami equals no creativity, no goals. And I suppose it's, it's Kapu being played out... Um, not in his, his comfort zone let's say that's sort of maybe causing us to be a little bit unbalanced
2: yeah I mean, we've discussed it have discussed it on another podcast Graham make sure you listen to them all <laughs> yeah. uh, I think we have discussed it but maybe not in one big yeah. bit I, th- I, think, I think the problem isn't so much that. that I think it's the gap between the forward players and the midfield and that means that um, Dini and Igarla have to do it all by themselves and that you know it shows in the goal scoring charts but it's not coincidence it's not the other guys missing chances it's, they're so far back and I think, um, I was hoping today, when I saw Brodal playing again, that we were going to take advantage of all the set-piece training we'd done for the Man United game. And it felt like Ben Watson was trying not to hit Huth and Morgan a- and not realising that that was only half the job. He also had to get it down so someone else could get it. Uh, and that was
0: fine. Uh, it was getting very frustrating. I mean, he can whip a ball in. We love a Watson whip on this podcast. But today felt very, incons- very not very good. And again, maybe Watson with his inconsistency.
1: I, I was going to say I felt the uh, that our free kicks today were an insult to the referee's spray. <laughs> he might as well not have bothered.
0: He was very, he did a, uh, I thought he was using that, that spray um, very little. I don't know if they're running out of the stuff. I think so, yeah, because we did
1: get a lot of free kicks. And again, that, I think a lot of those came from Amrabat. Um, and the fact that he was doing what he could with the little support he could. And a, a lot of those cases was trying to win free kicks because he had no one to pass the ball to.
0: Uh, the Premier League is full of big players, huge players, uh, players wanting to go to France this summer. Um, on the pitch with Troy Deeney and Jamie Vardy, apparently Roy was uh, here to watch Troy, um, not Vardy.
2: I didn't, I didn't feel like either. I saw much of either of them, really. Uh, no, I think I think Troy was unfortunate because again, the two big centre backs. And our kind of uh, tendency to try and use him as the, ball, the player that holds up for Egalo made it very difficult for him to show what he could do other than be the battering ram that everyone knows he can be. I think who was it uh, was saying, that he, is it Sunes who thought he was a lump and then realised he could play? I think we, we didn't give Troy the chance in the last two games to show he could play. Um, Vardy, to me, looked very good in the first 15 minutes. There were a couple of, you know, he got there before the defender, he got that, that shot in from a very tight angle. He looked he good. He looked good, and then and then we managed to uh, pretty much close him down. I don't think anyone from Leicester, from an attacking sense, really looked super. um, Apart from apart from maybe you know, uh, finished the shot very well, but he wasn't as as um, tricky and as skillful as I hoped he would be. But um, I think Drinkwater was the one who um, who stood out for me at the Leicester players. Uh, Oh, and and uh, uh, Conte. Who uh, who for me uh, was everywhere. If I got a bucket, I need to fix in the leaks. I'll get him (laughs) because basically nothing seemed to get past him. The thing about Leicester,
0: though, I think they were good going forward. Um, They don't like, like you say, they weren't super super going forward. They weren't like really going to definitely always. You know, they they pushed and did. But what they did have was an organised team with a lot of confidence, Uh, and that's where it felt like when they went forward, they were just going forward lovingly. Um, Should we have a chat about Galo, Jason?
1: Uh, we can have a chat, Maui Gallo, can't we? <laughs> we have a chat
0: about him on the last podcast. I don't want to be repetitive, um, but I hoped he, you know I hoped he was going to react to what happened there. But
1: yeah, I think he was obviously a very different game for him today to the one at Old Trafford. I think he was congested out of it today, shall we say? And um, we've already talked about the the big centre backs, and they they gave him very little room for manoeuvre. Um, he had that one chance in the second half, which again a man with confidence. Might have done something different. He probably needed to to attack the ball early, and yes, the ball didn't have any pace on it, so he needed to use his neck muscles to to, to power the ball into the back of the net, or maybe place it either side of uh, of Schmeichel. But it's probably taken me about 30 seconds to talk about this chance. <laughs> he had about half a second to do all that, think about it, put it in the back of the net if he was confident he'd have scored that but we know at the moment he's not and he didn't
0: no 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 that does uh, I think that, that does need to change because I suppose as, as Graham was saying in his, uh, in his tweet you know there isn't a lot of goals coming from any, anywhere else so we, we finish uh, the game here are you, disapp- are you disappointed Chase? um, Jordy
2: yeah John the guy that sits next to me was saying that of all our defeats that's the one that bothers him least because he's kind of rooting for Leicester outside of Watford and maybe uh, once the final whistle had gone so am I uh, although um, I was hoping that Leicester were kind of representing the the, the minnows and the kind of uh, but they they seem to be getting the uh, the big cup treatment from the referee, who, who didn't who didn't want to book any of their players until it was well really really quite late in the game, but yeah I'm disappointed. I think it's another goal another game without a goal. Um, we didn't look really like we were going to create anything amazing. Uh, so there are th- there are things beyond the result that maybe disappoint me, because actually Leicester are a very good team and and we we apart from one very bad or silly defensive mistake that set them up we dealt with them they had a few chances but we kept them out it was only one goal had it stayed 0-0 they might have got really desperate at the end because they're chasing three points but they don't want to throw a point away and it might have worked in our favour so that's probably what I'm most disappointed about um, but yeah good luck to them
0: yeah, Our good friend David Levy was uh, watching this in Italy globe trotting that he is uh, and he said that we looked okay and that's true we did look okay and it w- was quite good but um, I, what I'm not enjoying at the moment with what fan, is I'm actually looking at the points that the lower teams have scored, and if you look now, we're 37, Uh, Norwich are on um, 24, so we've got five games on them roughly, so we can just match them for another couple of weeks and we'll be safe. Um, I hope that at that point that's when all those players who I was saying to Richard I sit next to, the Yamabats, the Suarez, um, the Holabasses who are Watford players they want to, I want them to go and get some games under their belt because they haven't had a full, even half a season's worth of games. And I think that's the important thing that we're sort of setting ourselves up ready for, for next year. Jase, um, another conversation I had uh, near me. Um, do you think we miss, with this Holy Deany thing, do we miss um, Vidra?
1: Mm, do we miss Vidra or do we miss a Vidra-like player? We miss something else. We miss, we miss a different option up front. Because we haven't got that. Now, that, that could work in two ways. We talk about Igalo and him lacking confidence, but really he shouldn't need to worry because he hasn't really got anyone knocking on the door looking to grab his place, unlike the rest of the side, uh, the forwards. There's no competition there, so he needs to relax. But obviously on the on the negative side... Now that he's struggling, we probably do need someone else up there. Or during games, if Dean and Igalo aren't working, we need a different option. Amrabat's been that different option in a couple of weeks. I don't think it's the right option. He isn't the striker. So, a Vidra maybe, or any other striker who can do something different and change the game. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans, for Watford fans, from the rookery end.
0: Uh, we've had a chat about Igarlo. Uh, I don't know, did you see the Troy Dini on Question um, of Sport, Jason? I did, yes. Oh, he did alright, didn't he? He did well, he did very well. Uh, yes. We've got a sneak peek uh, for another Watford player who's going to be on a, another classic uh, British uh, quiz show. Uh, Odi uh will be taking part, it's a couple of weeks' time, I believe. Uh, but here is a clip from uh, Odi Igalo on a certain quiz show.
2: round two of Mastermind will test your general knowledge. And I don't mean how well you know General Ben Watson. Question me. Of course, that's my job. Your time starts now. What number is the Roman number MMXV?
3: 2015.
2: In which continent would you find Lake Victoria? Africa. Which Johnny is well known for advertising tea with a knitted monkey? Vegas. What was Ted Rogers? I've started so I'll finish. What was Ted Rogers' favourite catchphrase?
3: Three, two, one.
2: Odia Nigalo. at the end of that round, you're on 37 points.
3: With no passes. Hi, I'm Kechi and you're listening to From the Recruiting.
0: Oh, there was, a, there was an incident uh, during uh, the half-time and the beginning of the second half down at the Vicarage Road end uh, where there's clearly a fan who has some problems I really hope that they're okay. Uh, one fan that was lovely to see, Jason, uh, at half-time on the pitch uh, was uh, Nick Cruz, who uh, had done a fantastic job and he's back supporting Watford this year um, and that was a big thing for Watford fans at the end of last year.
1: Absolutely. It, it, obviously, it was a, a particularly unsavoury incident um, but it did seem to bring team and fans together uh, sort of united in the in the cause. obviously it was Ollie the the Wolves fan as well brought him to together uh, a local lad who, who got the money raised to, to help support Nick and his family through a very very difficult time for them so everyone will be delighted to have seen him today
0: Yeah, and I uh, I grabbed my phone halfway through Nick um, he, he made a little speech uh, to the Watford fans uh, and I caught most of it and this is what Nick had to say at halftime to all us Watford fans
3: Mr Foxo, Scott, Richard and the staff and the players for their continued support and best wishes since March 7 of last year. And of course, you, the Watford fans. It's been amazing to have had so much support from so many of you. I would also like to thank my good friend, Steve Boo, for organising and communicating with Watford Football Club. One year later, I'm now aware of goodwill messages, banners at the ground, 44th minute applause, and words of encouragement whilst I was in hospital. I've been fortunate enough to have made friends with a certain Wolves fan who I'm sure that you will all agree is an incredible young man. Ollie and myself have stayed in touch throughout my return home. i managed to get Ollie to come to the Sunderland away game with me. He is still a Wolves fan, but I am working on him to be a Hawkins fan. i would like to make you all aware of a charity night to raise money for the organisations that have enabled me to be here today. On Sunday the 31st of July we will be holding a fundraising charity night at Hemel Hampshire Football Club to raise money for the Headway Brain Injury Charity and the Birmingham Curie Hospital. We are hoping that some of the Watford players past and present will be able to attend we will be holding an auction and raffle for some excellent schools memorabilia and various other prizes all hosted uh, by a very special guest. I hope that some of you will be able to make it. All details are in today's match programme and up on the big screens. Once again, I thank you all for the amazing support throughout these past years. Thank you.
2: Lisa, what a supporter, it's actually to out. for Nick Forrest.
1: On the rookery end.
0: If you listen to the last podcast, we had a chat about our cult heroes uh, and how we put Lloyd Doyley up for the, uh, when Mike wrote a blog piece for uh, 442.com. That's now live, went up on Friday. Uh, So we go to 442.com, that's written as the words, uh, rather than as in the numbers. Um, And you can have a read of, of what Mike wrote and it's, yeah. We still believe he was the right choice for a cult hero. Up next, well, I'm not quite sure, Geordie, who's up next. It's either going to be Arsenal or it's going to be Hull. Um, but it's going to be very interesting because they would have played each other on the Wednesday, then they play us, and Hull are battling at the top of the of the Championship and Arsenal
1: have got to go and play away in Europe. Can I interrupt you? Sorry, look at Etienne Capoue's rucksack. Oh, my. It's sparkling.
0: He has got a sparkly... That's awesome. That is Premier League right there.
1: That, that, not, I'd say that's more schoolgirl. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Etienne. Sorry, Etienne, but that, that just that doesn't look right. He's got guts. It's
0: gonna be, I don't I do not know what to expect from from this game next week and the FA Cup. I want us to go and win it. You know we're pretty much safe. By the way, do you realise that every time we talk about safety, we always use the word "pretty much" before <laughs> it. We're pretty much safe. Um, I want to go and win this, this, this game to get to, to the semi-finals but I've got no idea therefore the club have got no idea the team have got
2: no idea what's gonna, who we're going to play where and at what time it's going to be bizarre it Is a bit I mean if we're going to play Arsenal we, we, you know, we've got a, we have a game plan for them we'll have played them twice this season at some point Hull I think yeah they are going for it and you know, the league the cup can be a distraction especially if they end up in the playoffs you know, all these extra games could end up costing them I think both teams have have that eye on a bigger prize. Hull on promotion, Arsenal winning the league. I think I was kinda of hoping Barcelona would at least give them a, a sniff for the second league. So they might put it put a you know put a weakened team out against us if it came to that. I think I think we need um, our third wind. You know, we came up, started the season, you know, with a bit of adrenaline a bit of hope, got found out a couple of times, fixed it, got our second wind, and now it seems like we're back in that little lull. We need something to spark us out of it, and hopefully, you know, if it is a cup, then they fantastic. Uh, but is the FA Cup that that important?
1: Oh yeah, we've got we've got a chance. Um, despite what we've seen over the last few games, um, we're we're still one of the the best clubs in the country, and we've got a fantastic chance of winning it. It will be a tricky tie if we go to Arsenal. I think, regardless of what their chances are in the Champions League. Um, I think they will still play a change side, and we'll probably play a change side for it as well. I, I don't doubt that, and that just levels the playing field for us a bit more. I think I, I didn't see the their, the Arsenal whole game, um, but apparently Arsenal didn't play well. I'm talking as if Arsenal are through as well. Here. I <laughs> yeah, I, we do, I we do, do think I do think Arsenal will get through eventually, but yeah, I, I think we've got a fantastic chance of getting to the semi-final. And if we get to the semi-final, then we've got a great chance of getting to the final and winning it. Why not?
0: Why not? Indeed. Um, thank you very much, the listener from the Rick uh, We'll be back uh, uh, very soon with another podcast um, because. Um another podcast so thanks for listening make sure you subscribe via iTunes um, or go to fromtherookeryend.com forward slash listen where there's all the different ways that you can subscribe via your mobile phone so we come to you straight away Um, I'm going to pop down the road Jason and find out where where, uh, Kapoo got that bag from
1: a podcast made by Watford fans fans for
3: Watford fans from the Rookery End